Welcome back to Mediavine On Air, the podcast about all things content creation. I'm your host, Senior Director of Marketing for Mediavine, Jenny Guy. So far this year, we've discussed going full-time with your blog and how to navigate taxes as a content creator. These are incredibly important fundamentals to your career because as we all know, once you start, this job is 24-7 and it never stops. So anything we can do to make your day a little bit easier is what the show is all about. And today's guest helps us take that mission a step further. Erin Chase is the blogger behind $5 Dinners, where you can probably guess it. She gives recipes that cost no more than five bucks a pop. Taking a quick look at her site, you can see that Erin has it all down from printable worksheets to a full-time blog to multiple courses that she's teaching. She does more than just write and publish recipes, which is plenty on its own. But of course, like many of you small business owners listening, Erin is only one person. So how does she do it all? We sat down with her during a past summer of live to talk about automation, one of the only ways to make it possible for you to do 20 million different jobs by yourself. Erin reassured us that automation isn't a bad thing. And in order to scale successfully, it's pretty much essential. But the route that Erin details for us, whether you're delegating to software or part-time employees will not only make your life easier, but your business even better. We're so excited for you to hear this episode and would love it if you left us a review of what you think. Now let's hear from Erin. You're listening to Mediavine On Air, the podcast about the business of content creation. From SEO to ads and social media to time management. If it's about helping content creators build sustainable businesses, we are talking about it here. I'm your on-air host, Mediavine's Jenny Guy. Since I have an awesome food blogger on today, I decided that we should kick off this episode with food talk, even though she's not really here to talk food. So for your hello, welcome, post in the comments, what end of summer produce are you making the most of while it still lasts? Are you canning? Tell us in the comments what late summer goodies you're loving. Gifts, emojis, recipe links, whatever butters your bread with late summer produce drop it in there. And that's what we're talking about today. And while you are spamming us with comments, I wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Big Scoots. Big Scoots offers completely hands-on managed WordPress hosting, purpose-built with WordPress in mind to deliver industry-leading performance and reliability. They proactively dig deep into your specific WordPress website to find optimizations and page speed performance improvements that other hosts just don't have time for. As your WordPress partner, they will be laser focused on your individual site, catching issues before they impact you or your site's visitors and are always working hard behind the scenes to ensure things are secure and running smoothly without having to be asked. For more information on Big Scoots, check out their website. We're going to share that in the comments for you. We are so glad to have Big Scoots. They're so fun. Oh, yay. And we're already getting wonderful comments from people, what they're doing with their late summer produce. We've got white nectarines. Yeah, Carol Bryant. Good call. Tomato, uh, cucumber salad. Yep. Canning salsa, diced tomatoes, pasta sauce, and pickled okra. Rachel, you're putting us all to shame. Okay. I will go, I will go back to the food in a minute, but for the topic at hand, as I already mentioned, my guest is a pretty big deal in the blogging world. And for her specific food focus, she really emphasizes saving home cooks, their sanity, their money, making their lives easier. And she is here today to do the same for all of our audience websites. Free up your time and your energy so you can focus on the high level and high priority tasks in your business with automations. And I have been wanting to sing the, <laughs> the uh, do you know the Pointer Sister song? Automatic. I've been wanting to, I, 
every time I say automations, I want to go automations every time. So just so you know, Erin Chase is here. She is the founder of $5 Dinners and $5MealPlan.com, GroceryBudgetMakeover.com, MyFreezeEasy.com, and author of the $5 Dinner Mom Cookbook Series. She's on a mission to help busy, overwhelmed home chefs learn to spend less money on groceries and get organized in the kitchen. Her courses and membership programs have helped tens of thousands of shoppers save hundreds of thousands of dollars and countless shreds of sanity, which who doesn't need that these days, really? Beyond the money savings, she's helped many people come to enjoy cooking again and help them stop feeling stressed and overwhelmed with feeding their families every single night, which is annoying that they want to eat. Why? She lives with her husband, four hungry boys, and one furry boy in San Antonio, Texas. Welcome back, Erin. Hey, thanks for having me. So glad to be here and to get to share about automations and making things easier for yourself and your business. Yes, we love this. You were great last summer. We're so glad you're here this summer. Um, Aaron and I were talking all things craziness, but I want to jump in because we have so many cool automation things to talk about. Everyone out there talking about the summer produce, keep sharing those things. I'm going to go back and look at every single one of them later. So we just heard about all your impressive accomplishments. And you've done all of that with four boys at home, ranging from ages seven or eight, she wasn't sure earlier, to 50. <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's fine, it's fine. 2020 is, I've been talking with my coworker and friend Susanna, and she's like, this year doesn't count for birthdays. So whatever age you turn, it doesn't really matter because it's 2020, so. <laughs> You pitched this topic to us because it was originally for um, our Baltimore conference that was set to be in June. So I am willing to take a bet that structure, organization, and automations have played a significant role in your success, plus just what all of your, all the things we listed are based on making things easy and more efficient. So tell us what you use and how they've helped you. How did you get into this automation series? So I do think that it this is absolutely like the framework for being able to accomplish more and reach your goals faster and expand faster. So let me just say that that is absolutely like the, I want to say the infrastructure within our businesses, because they are plural, but in so many, in my, I've uh, working in three different business entities. And so the structure that we operate in inside of all of them is like crucial. And a lot of that is, is the automations. And um, I'm really excited to get to share this because I don't think it's talked about enough, especially um, I know there's going to be a lot of food bloggers here. And then of course, all the other different um, niches that you guys, you know, have in, in the media buying ecosystem um, in the teal world. And so I think that, and I see this a lot and I see uh, people struggling with it and I see people maybe not understanding it. Here's what I really see. I see people not wanting to spend money on things yes, that are yes, going to help them. And that is mind boggling to me because if I hadn't have spent the money to for these tools that we'll get into to help me with these things, there is no way we would have been able to produce and create and build what we have built and will continue to build, right? And so my, my, I want to open this. I want to challenge your mindset. And the reason that I pitched the title of this was your automations as an employee. Yeah. It's because you need to understand and adopt the mindset that automations, processes, systems, this infrastructure that you're going to plug into your business 
essentially operates it all underneath here where you don't have to do anything and it's behaving as if it an employee was doing this work for you. So I want um, that to be the mindset. And would you pay a person to do some of these things? Yes, you would. So would you pay a software, yay technology, right? Uh, would you pay a software to do these things for you? And the answer should be yes. And if it's not, then you're thinking about it wrong. So that's like, if you hear anything from, from me here today, it's that think in terms of how this is going to free up your own time and how this kind of becomes this invisible employee, all these different things that we'll talk about become this invisible employee within your business that you're, that the payments are also automated, right? Yep. Like, Yep. <laughs> Unless your credit cards are going to expire, which the automation should kick to you saying your credit card is going to expire, update it, whatever, right? Like there's so many things that uh, we can automate. And, and here we'll talk about in business too, but I would also challenge you to think about what can you automate in your personal life too. Unfortunately, Alexa, please cook dinner is yet to be an option. Um, <laughs> which lucky for you based on your website's like. But I will help you. I'll get you as close to yeah. that Alexa cook dinner uh, as I can. But, but yeah. So anyways, I think that's kind of the underlying um, kind of uh, philosophy with this particular conversation and, you know, why I pitched it to you guys um, a while back in the first place is because I think this is um, one, a mindset and two, just not the way maybe bloggers think that these things should be there, but they absolutely need to be there. Um, and so that's why I'm really excited about this topic today. I love, I'm really excited about it too. And I think that part of it could be, and this is just me speaking from a personal standpoint, is one, when you're a blogger, you are so used to being that one one person business where you're doing everything and your hands are on everything. And I think that one of the other things I've really learned about bloggers is, is they're so resourceful, but also a lot of us are control freaks and very much like to have hands on everything. But one of the big tenets at Mediavine is scale and you cannot scale if you have your hands on every little thing like it's not possible there are so only so many hours your hands only do so many things so you have to be willing we're actually going to have a specific question a little later about paid versus free tools and where to spend the money and also how to determine when something is worth the money to spend we're going to talk about that in a little bit but one of the things and this actually wasn't planned our episode today is brought to you by big scoots manage hosting is one of those things that always kind of gives me a, a, a pause of and confusion when people don't want to spend the money on that. Cause I'm always like, but that's the founding. Mm, that's a place. That's a place where I think you should drop, drop some dollars. Okay. Um, yeah. I drop dollars with big scoot every, at big scoots every month. And I host 19 websites with them. I just stop. What did yep. you just say? 19, 19 URLs hanging out on my server. And it is uh, up there in the, you know, you know, top five things that I spend money on every month. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have any downtime issues. Uh, if we have like we needed to access something the other day to pull it from our database, I needed a list of URLs that were tagged a certain way. And so we had to submit a support ticket 
five minutes later, it's completely resolved, not only answered, but resolved. And so their support is lightning speed. And that's what you need. Like you need those people in your corner because if I had submitted a ticket and I had to wait, you know, you know, whatever, a different company and you're wait 24 hours to get a response. No, I need a, anyways, I need a response now. So that's no, you're I'm right. Doing. And Leah Ingram just said, I'm switching to big scoots next month because I've outgrown my hosting. So excited to have reached that point. It's definitely a milestone. And no one is saying that you should go out of the gate when you're just getting started spending and drop a ton of money on hosting. We're not advocating for that. That's a choice that you can make, but, but it is something that becomes a place to invest your money when when you have when you're making money to make more money and to level up with your site it's just one of those things and so are automations as well you talked a little bit about what tell us from the beginning what is an automation and what can you automate because you were talking about a lot of things that you can automate i know i jumped into the mindset of it because i wanted to kind of explain the the reason behind the title and whatnot and so i think that an automation is the base word of that is automate Yep. Uh, so it is a something in your business, um, typically a repeatable task that can be done automatically. Um, and I think that, you know, I've kind of mentioned this already. I think that automations can be done um, by software, which we'll talk yep. mostly about that today. But I also think that automations by people are also very important. And, and, and that really involves being really specific and clear with systems and processes and writing down different things. You know, there's a number of different tools for that as well. And so I think of automations kind of in those two camps. There's the technical, like software is doing these things for you. And then there's the people as well. Um, because when you, when you automate the people tasks, it does a couple things. It helps uh, with, you know, brain power, decision-making power, all those types of things. If you just kind of quickly do this um, and it just helps with productivity as well. And so I think that I want to distinguish that too. So an automation is pretty much anything that's going to happen automatically within your business, either done by software machine, you know, whatever technology or a human being. Excellent. And we'll get more into all the things that you can automate in a moment, but we, we, you and I have been talking behind the scenes of this episode and you, and you referenced it a little bit in the question before, but what is the mindset of automations? You started talking about it a little bit. You, you said it's a, it's a whole shift in the way that a lot of us control freaks operate. And I want to hear more. Okay. So I am the control freak of control freaks. I am a type one dash type eight Enneagram. So go do that research and you will quickly see that um, I'm an ENTJ. Uh, so run those personality profiles real quick and, and I'll, I'll go toe to toe with, with you on control freak. Um, so I cannot accomplish what I need to accomplish by myself. Absolutely impossible for me to have accomplished all the things that we have pulled together in the last 12 years. If I was in charge and I was doing everything totally impossible. Um, fun, fun story real quick. Um, we, I went to, this is a number of years ago. I'm not going to name any names. Um, I went to, because I know they've changed, I went to a little food blogger meetup at General Mills, and uh, we were just chatting in the in the little car on the way back to the airport after our time together. We had the best time, super great group of gals, and um, we were talking about assistants. I was the only one in the car with assistants, and I had 10 
I was probably on the scale of size in terms of website and, and just pure like metrics, probably I was number six or seven of 10. Wow. Of, like size. I was completely baffled that these amazing women were doing this all by themselves. And I can tell you that the few that I have seen and make rapid growth, I know they have people working with them now. And I do think that part of our conversation and just my gentle like, hey, maybe you should hire an assistant. Here's how that works. Here's what you do. Really, uh, I think was helpful. And so I think that all that to say, the mindset is you have to let go, but that doesn't mean you stop paying attention. Ah, I want that on a poster. Put that business on a, on a, put that quote on a thing. So I think yes. that people think when it comes to automation it is that you tell someone what to do and you let them do it. I'm so sorry. You're doing it wrong <laughs> you do it that way. Okay. Mm -hmm. So all of our stuff is very much Aaron driven. It's very Aaron personality. It's very, I, my face is all over the place. Right. I mean, and you're your brand. You are. That's what it is. I mean, my face is on cookbook covers. So like there it is, but I can't do all the work. I still check all the work. Every email that goes out that when we send, you know, millions a month, probably half of them are written by me. No, less than that. Probably 30% of them are written by me. Do I read all of them before we queue them out to go out to hundreds of thousands of people? Yes, ma'am, I do. <laughs> but I don't write them. Does that make sense? And so I think that you can let go of control without letting go completely if that makes sense. So that's the mindset of automations that I would challenge you to adopt is kind of figuring out that balance of, okay, I can't do all this work, but I still need my eyeballs on everything. And you can absolutely set your infrastructure up that way. The other thing I am obsessed with that quote of letting go, but not stop paying attention. Love that. Great mindset. But also the other thing is even you not only can't do it, everything. Why would you want to? There's no, and there are just people that are better at things than you are. And it's easier for other people to do them. One of the things I will admit I get trapped into is that sometimes I like doing easy tasks for a little period of time because it makes me feel better <laughs> autopilot things, but I can't, there's not, I can't do that anymore. That's not, that's not what it is. So I, it, it's hard for me to let go of things that I'm like, this needs to be offset. I did. I don't know why that's a weird thing for me. Um, guys out there, how uh, what automations are our are, are listeners using for their site? What are you guys currently using? Tell us in the comments. Okay, what types of automations are specifically great for content creators, for bloggers, for influencers? How do you determine which aspect of your business needs automating the most? Okay, can we come back to that in a quick second? Of course. Need a hot sec. Um, okay, yeah, take so it. Here's going back to the kind of the mindset and letting go. Right over the next two weeks, here's another challenge for you. Here's your homework. Yes, love it. Over the next two weeks, make um, three columns on a piece of paper. And as you're going through your week, put tasks into the three columns. And they are the following. Things that only I can do, right? That's going to be higher level decisions, big picture. Maybe it's if you're, depending on the size of your site, you're still doing all photography and videography. Like whatever the things you can't do. Then the no one else can do the big call with General Mills CEO. You have to yeah. do that call. That's me doing that call. 
Um, I'm the one, you know, working out proposals. This is me still. I don't have a biz dev team. If I had a biz dev team, they would be doing it. We're not to that level yet, right? Uh, so those are things that I, as the CEO, need to be doing. Then there's the things I like to do. I like to take food pictures. Do I outsource that a little bit? Can I? Could I do all of it? Absolutely. But I like it. Does that make sense? And then yeah. the rest of it that you shouldn't be doing which is probably 60% of what you do every week. Make that chart, see what happens, you're gonna be amazed. Okay, so back to your question about specific tools that we need to be using for automation. For content creators as, as that specific group. And we've got people saying, uh, is Tailwind an automation? Yeah, yes. I definitely think Absolutely. it is. Michelle says she is automated mostly by people. We've got Google Sheets, Zapier, Buffer Time, um, all sorts of people. Social B. We've, we've, and then Brenda said, Jenny, that's where I was stuck to. There are some tasks that I like to do, but I just don't have all the time to do it. So I had to prioritize and outsource more of it. Finding that right people automation that you're comfortable with is key. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you just said you could have somebody take all of your pictures for you, but you don't want to do that because it brings you joy. Right. And now I do both. I have people helping me and I do some too. And it's very clear who's who's the other and it doesn't matter. Right. 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 <laughs> uh, at least it doesn't matter to me. I know there are some food bloggers who are very particular about their food photography, which is amazing. Be particular about it because that's your brand and that's how you roll. Okay. So what are automations uh, that tools? Let's start with um, I think the very most important is your email automations. Um, okay. I think email marketing is by far, I will argue with you until I am blue in the face, but email marketing match is your beautiful room to match my beautiful blue office. Oh, it's all happening. Yes, I know. <laughs> Everything I about my new show, it's all blue. Everything is blue. I uh, love your aesthetic though, and it goes with your eyes. It's perfect. Oh, get, on, get on with your blue. Yeah. Yes. Me and my blue. So the um, email marketing is by far your best place to connect with people. Um, if you're going to do any sales of any kind, it is by far the best sales channel. Even if you strike some viral something pin or Facebook post or whatever, long-term email, email, email. Okay. So now that we're done arguing about that. Um, <laughs> and you've, you've, you're, any objections have already been answered. So there's no point. You're done. No. Goodbye. We'll chat later if you want to disagree with me. But um, so I think that's most important. So when you're looking for an email provider, I want you to think about six months from where you are right now. So when you, most people start with MailChimp, you go to MailChimp and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't spend $200 or whatever. It's maybe it's $40 or $50. Yes, you can, because I promise you it's going to free up time later. Okay, right. You're going to be sending out your weekly newsletter from that. You're going to be sending out your, you know, here's your free design, your free um, home design for 2020 guide, your free opt-in, whatever it is. Then you have your follow-up sequence and then you have your long-term, you know, email newsletter that you send out to people weekly, monthly, whatever your cadence is. Right. So email is absolutely number one and whatever program you're using, whether it's so on the email scale, you have everything from a simple email delivery service, which, right. you know, MailChimp, SendFox, something like that's just pretty, pretty straightforward. We're just sending emails for you. Um, then you have, um, you kind of jump into the CRM level, which CRM is customer relationship management software. And that there's a number of, there's actually, I feel like there's two tiers there. There's, um, you know, active campaign convert kit. And then you jump up, there's a second tier that has a lot more automation power, which is where I'm at. 
Um, I use Entreport for that. And then above that, you then have, you know, HubSpot and Salesforce. And so you kind of have to, that's, that's a good kind of train of options for you, depending on where you're at in terms of size. I would encourage you to take time to research which one of those are going to be the best based on your email and sales strategies, because depending on what they are, is going to determine which one of those softwares that you wanted to choose. Does that make sense? So first, CRM slash email. Absolutely. Number one that I I can tell you right now that with, with Entreport, it powers our memberships, our affiliate program, all of our, we send millions of emails a month. Um, It powers all of that. And it is worth every single penny because if there's one invisible, actual invisible employee that is, is I am paying a, you know, human employee's salary to, it's Entreport. And they do more work than a human employee does on the, you know, invisible work. Does that make sense? Let me pause. It, it totally makes sense. I love everything you're saying. And I agree with you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to rewind because what I see a lot, and I know this isn't strictly our topic, but we can look at it through the lens of automations. There are so many publishers that I see who do not see email as an essential part of their business. They don't. They see it as it's kind of like SEO was like four or five years ago where people were like, I just don't get SEO. So I don't worry about it when I write. And now it's become such an intrinsic part of everything. And I think that email will get there because it is because those are your people. That's who you sell to. Those are the only things you own. That's how you have them. But talk to me about why you cannot just ignore your list. You have to build your list and you have to communicate with them. Please talk to me. Explain. Oh my goodness. This is a whole other session, but yeah, I know. So email marketing, just like you said, is the only thing that you own besides your website content, you know, that is, that is published and and living on the internet. And so if Facebook goes away tomorrow, is that going to happen? Unlikely. Uh, But I will tell you, I know Jenny knows this, but if you don't know this, I, my house flooded December 12th. So we had to move out. It was that bad. We lived out of our house for six months. And I got an email probably, it was within seven, eight, nine days of the initial flood. So I'm already pretty stressed. (laughs) I got an email that my Facebook page was, you know, violating things. And it was a legit email. I was crying. I don't cry. I'm a type one, type eight Enneagram. We don't cry. Crying because what if I lose my Facebook page? And the advice I got was you have your email list fine over it next. And really it was like, I thought that it was going to be this debt and and nothing happened. My Facebook page was fine. Anyways, crazy how dependent we are on these other platforms. You know, Pinterest uh, actually drives the majority of our traffic. Uh, Facebook is such a fun place though, right? I'd be devastated if I lost our page, but would it end my business? Absolutely not, because we are dialed in on email. We still pepper everything everywhere, but we're but email is what is the sales engine of our business. I think that maybe where the disconnect is coming is that people don't see email as a direct traffic driver to their site in the ways that they see. I, I know that's why I'm, I'm setting you up. Here comes this, the pitch. It's underhanded. What I'm saying is I. People see that that it's coming from SEO. They see it coming from social. They don't see it coming from email. Some of my analytics screenshots. So we send emails on Saturdays or Sundays. 
And you can tell if I send an email on Saturday or if I send an email on Sunday, which which of the two days. It's always a weekend email, but uh, it's not the exact same every time or every weekend. And you can tell in our traffic because I'm driving traffic back to the website. Absolutely, it makes a difference. Um, But I don't think that traffic isn't the only thing. There's more than that. And so, yes, traffic is a huge, a huge part of business, especially for Mediavine, right? And because traffic impressions equals revenue. Um, But there's so many more opportunities for revenue uh, with other, if you have your own products or if you're doing, even if you're just doing a freebie, it is absolutely a solid way to drive traffic um, if you're not using email as a sales channel, for sure. Dennis just said, Chef, hi, hi, Chef Dennis. He just said, since I've been growing my email list, my direct traffic has gone up drastically. Everyone is saying that. Larisha is asking if she can see a list of the email service providers that you mentioned. Well, what we're putting that together, we're sharing links to. Luke said, what about push notifications? To me, that's like email, but easier. Do you have thoughts on push notifications? Yeah, if that's what you think is going to work best for your audience, um, then absolutely that is a fantastic strategy. We use uh, text notifications for some of our members um, just as another touch point for people or reminders, really. Push notifications um, on your website, push notification, or if you have like some people I know are really aggressive, if they do a lot of live video, they'll make sure people are setting up for live video notifications. And so whatever you think is going to be best for your audience and whatever is going to help you reach your goals, KPIs, metrics, whatever you, whatever you call them in your business. Uh, if that's going to work for you, then, then, uh, then do that. But for us, email has by far been the most successful one traffic driver to sales generator. Very exciting. Okay. Another area of automations for content creators would be tasks. Go a little bit more into detail on that. Yes. So anything that is repeated in your business can be automated somehow, whether it's by technology or by a human or by yourself too, right? So I have, we have a weekly meal plan subscription service that we've been running for six years and it is This is the setup side. This is the administrative portion of this. It takes probably tops 30 minutes a week for me to do. And I have it automated into my schedule so that it always happens on Thursday mornings. It was the second thing I did this morning. Does that make sense? And so it's a process that does need to, we have a software. The software does the meal plan setup for us, but it still needs a human touch point. So that's kind of an example of uh, tech plus human plus schedule automation. And I don't have to think about this task that has to happen every week. I have not stressed about $5 meal plan setup for years because it has been so automated. It happens every single week. If I know I'm gonna be out of town or if I'm gonna be on an airplane on Thursday mornings, uh, then I'll then I'll double up and, and work ahead. Does that make sense? And yeah. so that's that's an example of that is something that happens every single week. We choose the recipes that go into the plan every week. We uh, set up the plan every week for delivery. You know, we have our uh, it's just we have our uh, editor basically uh, making sure that everything is exactly and perfect. Because what happens when you send out a meal plan to thousands of people? They notice the mistake hear about it in five minutes. And oh, yeah. Okay. So you got to make sure it's perfect. So we have all these 
uh, between the software that we had built and the people, there's three people involved in this weekly automated process. It is very simple. It's very fast. It's very streamlined in, in making sure that we are meeting our members' expectations you know, with the meal plan every single week. Is there anything worse than when you send something out and there's a mistake and you didn't know? Oh, I hate that's the worst feeling maybe ever of all so time. When it comes to tasks, though, I want you to be thinking about, OK, again, kind of go back to that list. And you could even take that list of things that you don't necessarily need to be doing and what can you automate? And this is where it takes a little bit of time. You've got to research, ask questions, go in the media mind group and ask people, what are you using to automate this? And you're going to probably hear I use Zapier to do A to B. And there's literally hundreds of thousands of options here from connecting point A to point B, right? So I'm not going to be able to give you like your specific. Um, but if you ask, people will know and we will answer, right? And so um, another one is if this, then that, right? If somebody mentions me on Twitter, text me. Ask yep. me how often I log into Twitter. How often do you log into Twitter? Only when someone asks me. <laughs> Love it. Right. Does that make sense? But I wouldn't yeah. know because I didn't, I get the notification. Right. And I don't want to get all the notifications on, you know, no, but set it. Maybe you use the Twitter app to send you notifications only when you're getting a mention. Maybe you right. use your Instagram notifications to get a, a notification or a text or whatever. Only when somebody sends you a message to your primary inbox. Otherwise you'll just be drowning. You'll be drowning. Constantly. Because holy Instagram notifications. Right. Uh. And so it's you there, there, all of these things are there. They all exist. If you have this pain point, I wish X could happen when Y happened. I guarantee you that some smart technological software developer person has built something to do this, to meet this. Like, I wish that this could be this. And if they haven't, then ask, right? So speaking of uh, Leah asked about Tailwind earlier, we have we have access to product pins now and i asked to say is there going to be product pins in tailwind ever they're like right. no but great idea adding it to the roadmap yes right so ask mm -hmm. anyways okay side note what's, there what's the worst that could happen they say no maybe it's not on the roadmap now remind them in two months set yourself a reminder with that app or that automation yep. that you have yep uh, okay a little bit of a controversial one here uh is social media automating social media because that I think that's where everyone's mind automatically goes when we talk about automations for content creators. We're talking about social media schedulers, um, the type of things you're talking about, like notifications, mention, thing like that. And then there's the whole uh, uh, can of worms about whether schedulers versus live um, posting. So all of that. Talk about a little bit of social media scheduling in here. So my social media scheduling is all um, human automated. <laughs> yeah, we well, not not entirely true. It's human managed slash human automated. Um, so for Pinterest, I have um, Simple Pin Media managing the manual pinning. And then I have um, somebody else managing my tailwind that does all of our smart loops and all of that stuff. And so we do some, you know, software automation, some human automation. We, I also have Instagram and Facebook done using uh, live posts or the, uh, what is it called? Creator Studio. 
Okay. So we do native inside of everything. And I do think that creator studio, you know, for both Facebook and Instagram posts really is all that you need. They have schedulers now for both platforms and there's a lot of functionality there. If you take a minute to look at the options. And so I think that would be my first suggestion for social media scheduling is to use the native platforms and schedule within them. I do think there are some really other great programs that you can use. I mean, Tailwind would be the one that we use for Pinterest. And that's, you just have to do your research. And then if you are going to try, you know, a, a, a third party scheduler versus the native scheduler, like a co-schedule or a right. yeah. buffer or right. a you, right a third. So those would be third-party schedules versus the native to Facebook or now Instagram is within Creator Studio. So you have got to watch your numbers like a hawk, and not your how many people are commenting. Watch your traffic numbers, right? And so that's because that's or your engagement or your comments or whatever. Um, I have heard both sides over the years, right? When, you know, when coast and I worked with co-schedule probably like eight years ago, or it was a long time ago. You just have to watch. And if your engagement drops, your traffic drops, your, your reach, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, reach drops, then you need to switch into the native scheduler. But that's, that's my thoughts on that. It's really going to be dependent on your audience and it's going to be dependent on, how engaging your content is. Definitely true. And I've also seen a shift from a, I have to post four to five times on my Facebook page a day to I'm going to post when I have something really relevant, like at least once a day, but maybe two times if I really have good things. But as opposed to someone had commented, Luke on, on having evergreen content being a great thing to schedule through those, those um, means. And that's great. Sometimes that gets reached and sometimes it doesn't. I think it just depends. Um, But more topical, more in the moment things. It's hard to schedule stuff on social media because the point of social media is to be relevant in the moment. That's it's hard. I mean, it's a hard thing to plan for a month and a half in advance. Like, you you know, Uh, I also will say to people that if you've not been in creator studio on Instagram or Facebook lately, I think they've really improved it. When it first came out, I was like, this is a hot steaming pile. Like it was a mess when creator studio came out on Facebook. I hated it. I kept getting redirected there. And I'm like, this isn't, I don't like this. Stop, stop it. And now I'm, I'm, I enjoy it a lot. So I would say, go back, dip your toe back in. Um, And Leah said, tailwind lets you schedule Instagram stories now too which is a really cool feature. Um, so how far out do you schedule social media, Aaron? Do you uh, use those native schedulers? Both like today, Monday, next week, okay. month from now. It's both, it's all of the above. Okay. Uh, and that's partly depend depends on who is, which of my two social media managers is working on what basically. So we have a mix of evergreen. We have a mix of what's happening in Aaron's kitchen. And we have a mix of these are promotions that we have going on. So it's really, I try to strike a real careful balance between, you know, here's a promotional post, like go sign up for something, a sales post essentially. Uh, Here is just a recipe that is seasonal and, you know, zucchini, all the zucchini. Hang on, y'all. Pumpkin spice is coming next week. 
already everywhere. Um, Guys, time has stopped existing. I'm ready for Christmas cookies. Like next I mean, week. I say that, but look, I have like. I know. Guys, let's, can we stop? I love Erin. She did not need to show me all of her really great cookies right before we started. And then be like, they're at my house though. Have a great day. I know. I, I wish I could send you some. Um, it's, it's okay. I, I they look amazing. I can get the recipes and bake them, but they're, oh, they I'll have them up real soon. Don't you worry. I'm excited. So you do a mix of all of those things. That's fantastic. So let's let's segue a little bit on the social from social media to the content marketing side of it. And what kind of automations do you have there? Because it, you have, I mean, between 19 websites, five of them pretty much active and posting on the regular basis. How do you balance all that out? And what are you using? Um, I think that um, the majority of our content marketing is actually by email. And then of okay. course, social media, those would probably be our two highest sort of social media things. So let me kind of dig into our email automations because I think that that would be really helpful. Um, so okay. I, like I said, I use Entreport, which is a CRM, but it also has a fabulous you know, email delivery component that is the, the core of it. And then it ha also has, you know, membership options and course options and affiliates. It's all built in there. So for email, we have, I might've just archived a couple, but we probably have about a hundred active email sequences. So what that means is if somebody comes onto the $5 dinner site and they want to sign up for the weekly email newsletter, they'll, there's one of those. So they'll sign up for that they'll get the series of like, Hey, this is me. Nice to meet you. You know, tell me about you. We get a ton of replies, you know, to these emails. We also send them information about the different, um, you know, series we've done in the past, different products that we have available. And then they go onto our month, our weekly email that I mentioned earlier goes out every Saturday or Sunday. And so that is an example of four or $5 dinners, our weekly email that has these, I think it's right now eight, emails that go out over probably about two weeks. And then after that, it's a weekly email. So I call that short-term to long-term nurture. Those are just my words I use for it. I know there's other, other people call them different. Like and so that is in Entreport, that's actually two sequences. It's 5DD step and then 5DD date. So 5DD step, these eight emails are automatically scheduled based on when the person signs up for the free email newsletter. So they sign up on Monday, they get Monday, they probably get Wednesday, then Friday, Saturday, Monday, they just kind of, it's, it's stepped out that way. At the very end of that sequence, there's a rule that says, okay, they're done here now, please move them to date. So they Got get it. moved to the $5 dinners date sequence. I don't want them getting the date emails while they're getting the first eight, because that would be too many. Yep. A short period of time. Does that make sense? Yep. And so it's automated so that they get the step and then they get switched automatically to the date. Multiply that by tens of thousands of people. Mm -hmm. Hello, thank you very much, invisible employee. Okay, yep. so that's just one specific kind of email example. Here's another one for like a course, let's say. So someone signs up for our grocery budget makeover. We have, we used to have launches for these. So we had like GBM September, step sequence, but now it's all evergreen. So it's GBM evergreen step and then GBM evergreen date. Exactly the same thing, just different types of emails. So the GBM step is, hey, here's your login credentials. Hey, here's where you log in again if you missed the last email because it happens. Hey, here's our Facebook group, come and join us. And then 
have automated, if they haven't logged in after a week, we send them a reminder email. And if they haven't logged in after 30 days, we send them another one because they've signed up for this. I hope everything's okay. Right? Yes. So that's example from the step sequence. So after those first three emails, then they get uh, kicked onto the course delivery piece, which is then here's lessons one through three, here's lessons four through seven. It kind of drips it out that way. Does that make sense? So it's different from, and so that's course delivery. And then after that, when they're finished, they get put on alumni. And that's where we send, hey, we have a new Starbucks cookie series that I'm about to write. Go check that out. Traffic driver to people who already know me, who've already done our course and who want to know about cookies. And who doesn't want to know about Starbucks cookies? Especially right now. Holy school time. So anyways, does that make sense? So those are just, those are just two, like here's a free weekly email. And then here's like a course. And we have a, we have a membership. We have lots of check-ins and touch points and, you know, login and credit card fails and all of those things have to be automated because if they're not automated, then you end up bogged down in customer support. Right. Yep. And let me tell you anything that we can automate out of customer support frees up both time on support and money. Right. And it makes sure that, I mean, you've curated experiences for people at every point in the funnel. You have them at wherever they are, you're meeting them and you've curated an experience that you want them to have. You know how they're going to go through and you've made it to where you don't have to think about it every time. You don't have to reinvent the wheel over and over again. How often are you reviewing those series? You just said you, you deleted a couple. How many times a year are you going in and going through everything, auditing yourself? Great question. Auditing is something we forget to do and I don't yeah. to do it, but it, it forgets to get done. I, I very much have it built in. So let me rewind over to kind of what automation sort of setup looks like. Yeah, so please. Because That was my next question was talking yeah. about how to get into this. Let's say like, I know that this is a repetitious task. I know that this is something I can set up and forget right. for a while. Right. How do I do it? There's like the first two are easy. It's the last three that people just fall off track. And that's right. where we get in trouble. So the first is research. Like, what do you need to do? What program, what software, what assistant should I hire that is going to be able to help me accomplish and automate this repeatable task? So the research is first, you know, asking your friends, asking in groups, whatever. The second is then going to be setup, right? So we, I actually just did a research and a setup this very week. It went live on Monday um, for a uh, social proof piece of code for our store where, you know, so-and-so just bought this two hours ago or whatever. We had never had one. I don't know why. So I did the research. I have the setup. I did the testing and now we're moving into the next. So research setup, test it. So many what does that look like testing? Tell us about it. Whatever automation, if you set up a form for your new email newsletter, stick an email in it and make sure it works. Make sure the person's redirected to the right page afterwards. Make sure that the email with the free design ebook gets delivered to them. You have to test everything because if you set it up and it breaks or it isn't set up the way you want it to be set up, creates another customer service nightmare. And so testing. And then the next is basically tracking or checking in. Um, so any sort of, for me, an entreport has an amazing dashboard. So I just go and I can quickly see like, okay, these things are not working or we're down on sales in this particular product or whatever. Um, so just keep kind of tr- keeping an eye on it, going back to what I said at the very beginning. 
And then the last is a full on audit. Full I'm excited. Audit. I like this. This is fun. So this is, I do this um, every six to nine months by product. So I don't do this all at once for every single product. So then I have it kind of, because we have so many different products, I have it probably about every six weeks I'm auditing something. So what does an audit mean? It means going back with fresh eyes, like you've never seen this information before and making sure that it's still accomplishing the goals that it's supposed to accomplish. So um, in, in the case of $5 dinners, we recently added a new kids cooking curriculum. And so I had to go back and audit the $5 dinners weekly so that that is now included. So while I was adding, adding it in, I went ahead and made sure that it fit right in the whole flow of all of it. Does that make sense? And so that ended up being kind of a full audit. I didn't rewrite a lot. I did a little bit, but it's basically coming back to this automation that you've set up. Um, and this probably happens most often with email related sequences. It could also be for social media, for some of the evergreen stuff that you've posted, right? Um, we we sunsetted uh, one product, I guess it was the end of last year. So then, and I totally forgot we had loops for that setup. So that's still out there on Pinterest since I, had the, I found it in the audit, pull it all out of there, right? And so I think that, you have to go through all the way to the end and then auditing, just put it, you know, make a little reminder on your calendar to go back, you know, six months or nine months from now and do it again um, because things do change and you will hear from people and you're like, and that's why we sunsetted that one product. It's like, maybe this is not the best use of our team's time, our promotional bandwidth, you know, all that stuff. And so I think that it's super important for you to one, keep an eye on it, and to do a full audit of it on the regular. Very, I mean, set it and forget it for a little while, but then come back. And and it's really keep monitoring it, keep those metrics and any email service provider, any any of those worth their salt will have a, a dashboard for you where right. you can track your metrics and your open rates and all that sort of stuff. And like you said, as you climb that ladder and move into bigger and bigger, um, more comprehensive programs, you'll find more and more things. Okay, let's talk, what are your favorite tools? And let's talk free versus paid because we could, I could talk to you all day long and we'll run out of time. So let's talk about tools. Oh my gosh, we are. Oh, wow. Okay, see, we love chatting about this. Chat we do. So free versus paid, you're gonna get what you pay for um, is absolutely what it comes down to. And I think it comes back to what we talked about off the top, which was automations are like an employee. And you've got to be willing to um, pay for them. If I was going to put money into anything first, it's going to be, you know, and assuming you already have hosting going on because your website's live, uh, then I would email for sure. Whatever email provider, whether it's, you know, you have, you have no list at all. Start with MailChimp, get a little opt-in box from MailChimp. All of these programs are so user-friendly. We've been, we've been using, I've, well, have used MailChimp up like 10 years, a long time. I used it compared to what it looks like now. Whew, you guys, we got it easy nowadays. It's so easy to figure all of these things out. They're super user-friendly. The tutorials are very simple and easy um, because they want you to continue to use their service, right? So they got to make the onboarding easy. So that's what I would start with. And then I would also look at, you know, like we use a design service and we get everything, we, we, we host everything uh, for our team in Dropbox. And so is there a way for me to automatically get our design agency's uh, files directly into Dropbox? 
Like that would be an example of an automation or something that somebody on our team does every single day. Could that be automated? You got to start looking for what could be automated and then figuring out again, back to research and getting it set up and then, you know, checking in on letting it run and running that full audit. And so Zapier is great to connect different pieces. And most of these softwares will tell you, hey, work with Zapier. Um, there's even really great automations, notification automations in like Slack. There's also if this, then that, which is ifttt.com. And no, TTT, three T's. IFTT. I, I, I have such a mental block on that. IFTTT.com. Same story. Go look on there. Okay, just go look on IFTTT.com and just start to look at there, all the different little boxes that they have. And you'll be like, oh, I could automate this and that and that and that. You'll just get inspired by looking at what they suggest, right? So maybe that's a good first starting off place. Um, the other thing too is pay attention to the programs you're already using. For those of you who you use Canva, did you catch their new editorial calendar that came out this week? Holy sure. guacamole, sign me up, right? Um, so anyways. It's exciting. It's, it's super exciting. Cool. But you've also got to be. But also Canva, it. bring back the file sharing that was easier, please, because it's so hard right now. You're killing us, Canva. No, I don't know what you're talking about. They changed some file sharing options in Canva that our team, like, it, it's not there's it's it's difficult and so canva dropbox we just have dropbox linkedin we use dropbox some but but okay. another story for another day okay. another, yes uh, we need to, i'm gonna go to ifttt.com and figure out be inspired really that's yeah. a great place to get started um and then you know as you grow then you'll want to be looking for more things project management you know, things to help you, Asana, Basecamp, Trello. Um, you'll also want to be, these are kind of thinking further down the line. We didn't really have time to get in all this workflows for the human piece of this. Let me touch on this real quick because I said this earlier. Sweet process, pipe drive. We've actually built out essentially our own version of all of these things within Google Drive. We just, I just randomly started building it out and it just kept going. Um, for all of the agenda documents that we use, our master docs, our reference docs, our task docs, project docs. Like we have everything in this massive HQ that we all use and work from. And so basically I essentially built our team's version of Basecamp or Asana. And so and then we have these workflows that are also built into Google Drive, but look very similar to what you would see in Sweet Process or Pipedrive. So be thinking about also not only these technical automations, but right. also how you can use your assistance now and yourself and your own time better to, you know, setting yourself up for this sort of process driven automation as well. Okay. I have a couple questions and I want to go to Larisha's. I wish we could keep talking. How, what Larisha said, what's your response to someone who is nervous about giving up income to pay for these things? You will make more money uh, if you invest in the right tools, right? So if I hadn't invested in email, I wouldn't have made, when I very first launched our very first course ever, I made $50,000 on a $300 a month investment. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, I launched a course on Entreport as a platform with an affiliate program and all the email, all the videos, all it's all hosted on Entrepages now. And that was the first launch. I've done nine since then and it's evergreen now. So definitely worth the investment in that case. It was to launch a course, but it also powers so much more than that now. 
Um, and so you've got to look at what won the investment amount and you've got to forward think. I think we live in the moment so much yeah, and we can't see the return. Of course, it's a risk, right? Of course, there's risk in everything, right? Um, there's risk in picking a Tesla as a stock right now. I won't. Uh, yeah. Buy yourself a share. But <laughs> well, after it splits, maybe. But like there's risk in everything and it's just got to be calculated. So if this risk has the potential to save you $600 worth of time this month, then go ahead and give that $99 a month to whichever software it is that you want to, that you're considering. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And then set it up and use it, right? It's going to be complete. We all have these things that we sign up for and then we don't use them. Right? Sure. Yeah. There's another thing to audit, right? Yes. Not just in business, also in business, but also in personal life, right? Things that we're paying for that I paid for Amazon's Prime Pantry. I'd signed up for the $5 a month membership when they released it, it was probably like 18 months ago. And then they switched it off and I kept paying for it because they didn't switch me off. What? That's not okay, Amazon. Anyways, but I wouldn't have found that if I hadn't gone looking for it, right? I found that earlier this year. I was flabbergasted. Anyways, all that to say, I think that you have to consider this payment to whatever program, either it's an assistant or technology or software, an investment. Absolutely. If you yep. do not reinvest back into your business and back into yourself, right? Because reinvesting in, in these automation tools or email marketing tools or social media management tools is going to be a reinvestment to yourself to your business, but ultimately it comes back to help you. Um, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to um, automations allow you to focus on the things that only you can do and only you want to do like to do so that the other things can be uh, you don't have to think about them um, because otherwise we drive ourselves into little tornadoes and run into the wall and lose our minds. And so I think, um, Larisha, if you just think about this as this little investment, there's a little risk, but the little risk is going to be what motivates you to make sure that it's working for you in the way that you need and want it to work for you. Use the risk. Use the risk to motivate you. I love that. Um, so I'm going to make a quick announcement, and I would love to know if you teach courses on email marketing, because if you don't, you should, because at, at the very least, automating or about your drip cycles, because those are amazing. Guys, next week, it is our second to last episode of the Summer of Live. We are winding down. It is depressing. Thursday, August 27th at 3 p.m. Eastern time, I have Hillary Erickson of Pulling Curls. We're talking about tripling your income while you sit at the pool, which should still be open with courses. So we're going to talk about how to market your courses, how to find what you should be teaching on. All of those things are happening next week. Erin, can we talk you into perhaps teaching a course on email marketing or automations? I'm just throwing it out there. Tell me, tell me anytime you want to wear. I don't have information on this. I have thought about it and I am a stay in your lane girl. My team has instructions to, if I start to veer out of my lane, get back in your lane, Erin. Food, okay. food, 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 food. I'll, I'll come back and we'll do another one, but I do not see myself developing anything. I do know. I feel like I know a lot. Um, and you do a lot, but um, I am passionate about helping people spend less money on food. And so that's the lane I'm going to stay in right now.
Well, I am passionate about having you on the, the lives because you're great and you always bring so much to it. I'm also passionate about your Starbucks cookies. Erin, thank you for coming. This has been great. And guys, thank you for coming and we will see you next week. On Air is brought to you by Mediavine. If you're creating amazing and original content, we are here to help. From ad management with maximum earnings and 24-7 support to cutting-edge WordPress plugins, our team has your back. Want free tips in your inbox? Subscribe to our newsletter at mediavine.com slash subscribe. If you're a Mediavine On Air fan, and why wouldn't you be, please give us your five-star rating love and subscribe wherever you're listening.